What's up, basketball fans? This is Jason Amar, along with my boy, Andy Cordell. And this is 808s and Fast Breaks, a bi-weekly basketball discussion that rarely ends up being about just basketball. Welcome back to 808s and Fast Breaks. We just finished two incredible playing games for the uh, eight seeds in both the Western and, and Eastern conferences. I don't know about you, Andy. A couple thrillers uh, between the uh, Hawks getting the win over the Cavs, the Pelicans getting the, the close one over, over the, uh, the Clippers who came trouncing back there. Yeah, dude. Initial thoughts? Both games were close and honestly incredible insight uh, (laughs) i mean like i I don't know how to say it another way but like by halftime things had completely 180 for both teams at some point past halftime yeah it was it was a real tale of two halves yeah absolutely a tale of two halves it was insane because you know just like you say all the time jason you know basketball is a game of runs but the runs were kind of insane for both teams this time. Like, and it, for all the people saying that the play-in tournament is a complete waste of time, you guys just missed hey, some of the best basketball. We get, we get bangers from yeah, the play-in tournament. that was insane. Some good basketball. This whole week, honestly. Yeah. We only had one blowout against uh, Charlotte. Hawks, oh, Charlotte. yeah. Everything was, else was... That was kind of really sad. Close. I'm still came, sad you know, about that. Came down to fouls or, you know, came mm-hmm. down to the couple last possessions, so... All in all, a big success this year, and a couple deserving seven and eight seeds, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Just to recap that, um, to close out the bracket, you know, we're gonna have <clears throat> um, the Celtics playing the Nets in the Eastern Conference, and we'll have the the Heat playing the Hawks, and then we'll have the Suns playing the Pelicans. And we will have the Grizzlies playing the Timberwolves. Dude, let's talk about the two. And se- look at the two and seven seed of each conference. Dude, it's, first it's some, round. No, dude, there's there's gonna Nutty. be some there's gonna be some fun ones, man. Nutty, it's, man. Hey, a good weekend of basketball ahead of us. Mm-hmm. A good weekend ahead of us. Absolutely. But let's dive into the um, the Hawks and Cavs game a little bit more first. Um, like you said, a tale of two halves, right? It's it. Trey Young started super slow. I think he only had six points in the first half. Not shooting great. Other teammates are getting involved. Capella had a great start, but unfortunately had that gruesome injury. He had to leave. Oh my god! Don't even really. Oh want my to god! About I don't want to remember much, that, right? dude. It's, that was fucked up. But I mean, I'll let you kind of take it from there. Like the second half was a completely different story. Yeah, yeah. So once Capella was down, I guess like. We were just like, oh, my gosh, like, they just lost their center. You know what I mean? They lost their big man. He's a great offensive rebounder and just a good center, especially next to Trey Young. With John Collins out as a lob threat, I was like, okay, it's over. Like, you know, like, just pencil it in. Just pencil it in. Cleveland's winning. And I was excited because I I thought that Cleveland would really, you know, just, like, lay it on them after that because at that point, didn't they have, like, almost, like, a a 12-point lead? I think, yeah, it kind of flipped. Uh, 
the Cavs were up by like yeah, eight, ten points, somewhere around okay, there. Okay, somewhere around there. Yeah, and go, then, I think going into half, yeah. And then it's just Nate McMillan should, must have said something. He must have said something. But like, you know, with the Hawks and last year's success and everybody down even this year, Trey Young just flipped a switch. And wow, was that exciting, Jason. Dude, we're talking broken ankles every other play like get Karis Levert a map. It was disgusting. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, playoff tray is a real thing. Like Dude, don't underestimate it. Play in tray, playoff tray, whatever it is, man. Don't yeah, matter. no. That that shot over Karis Levert. Oh my God, dude. That that one's gonna be a highlight for a while. <laughs> the little shimmy he did after, or whatever you want to call it. Whatever that. you want to call little, that one. Little, little booty shake or whatever. Um but yeah, no, Trey Young showed out in the in the second half. Had 38 points overall. I think he had 32 of those coming in the second half. Got his teammates involved, nine assists. Really cut down on the turnovers. I think he didn't have any in the second half after having four in the first. So it was huge. Um, Gallinari, Hunter, the whole supporting cast stepped up. Bogey was huge. You know, I think Dude. we noted it really early on. Even when the Cavs were kind of having their way with them, Bogey seemed like the one flying in for rebounds, keeping the energy up, hustling on defense, and knocking down the shots that really kept him in the game. Like he was, he was instrumental in this one. Ended up six of eight from the field, two of three from three for nineteen points. Like that's never gonna jump out, right? But super efficient and just kind of that guy that they needed out there on both ends. Um, yeah. As far sure. as Cleveland, though, like, where do you think they go? not making the playoffs now this year after what seemed to be a really promising start, almost looking like they could get home court at one point. It was beautiful run. It was great. Beautiful like, run. Obviously, they have a lot of bright spots. You're going to have Garland, an all-star. Jared Allen was an all-star. You're going to have Mobley, who looks like he could be an all-star in the future. Um, where, do, where do you think they go from here? Is it more of the same, that kind of three seven-footers or – Switch it up. What do you What do you think's in store for the Cavaliers? So I think they're gonna keep this lineup. I'm gonna. So I'm over at NBA.com over here for the game. Cleveland had eight steals compared to Atlanta's five, and in terms of three pointers made, Cleveland had thirteen compared to the Atlanta Hawks nine. Well, when, when, when Lori gets you six. Oh my, jeez, and. A lot of players played good on the Cavs today, but what, I, what it really came down to was playoff experience. There was a lot of second-chance plays. Even remember when Laurie Markkinen got that steal at the end of the game, threw the ball to Darius, Kevin's too fast. Kevin yeah, Herter just no, went that to was, steals. That was a great play. Amazing and beautiful defensive too. play. Yes, it could have gone totally wrong, but... The thing is, those types of plays are, are hard to learn in just one game, but they got some, I would consider this playoff experience. I know people don't understand, like, you know, it's a play-in tournament and everything, but they did extremely well. There were just little pockets of moments where they couldn't utilize, you know, their players effectively, or they couldn't score the ball, they couldn't close a gap, just little moments. So I know that they're close. They'll retain everybody, 
They're going to run it back. They're going to get everybody healthy. Colin Sexton may or may not be on the team, but either case, I think he helps the team. And, you know, you just you push on with this young team, man. This team has a bright future. No, I definitely yeah. agree. Yeah. Definitely agree. Like you mentioned Sexton, right? <sighs> That's Don't know what's going to happen there. Don't but, know what's going to happen there, yeah. but there's... I'm not sure he's long for his position on that he had on the team. You know, Garland kind of took over that lead guard role. They seem to have scorers. I think he might be expendable, and there's probably some value there, whether that's in a draft package or just gaining depth. You know, with a, t- a young team like this, depth could be the route to go, you mm-hmm. know, and, and just trying to build out their their superstars and what they have so far. Or I guess, you know, turning stars to superstars would maybe be a better way to put that. Um, let's look at the uh, the other game shifting over to the Western Conference. Um, the Pelicans and the Clippers kind of fits that theme, you know. Another tale of two halves. Um, Brandon Ingram coming out super strong. I think he made his first five shots, um, having his way in the mid range, shooting right over his opponents. Um, I know you like seeing that from Bi. Um, Beautiful. Not so much what we saw from CJ throughout the game. Mm-hmm. A little lackadaisical, didn't really have his shot, and just didn't really look like himself out there. But, yeah, kind of flipped on its head. The Pelicans ran the first half, and just like we said from, from that game with the Hawks and Cavs, the the adjustments were crazy in the second half. The the Bill Belichick of basketball himself, Tyron Blue. <laughs> Mr. Ty Lue, baby. <laughs> uh, known for his adjustments, of course. Uh, seemed to really lock down Brandon Ingram. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what did you think? I mean, where, where do you want to uh, go with this one? You know, uh, I would just say it was the help defense, making those adjustments past the second half. Really, because truly the first half, the first half, B.I. got what he wanted. And it's it's not like they were, like, easy shots, but he's a lengthy player. He's a lengthy shot maker, and mm-hmm. he will shoot over people. And Ty Lue just made that adjustment where the soft doubles really started pushing him, um, pushing him and then pushing other players to essentially get the ball out of B.I.'s hands. And when he did, made it really hard for him to get shots. Like, and it was just so crazy to see that adjustment, that slight adjustment could completely sway a game in the second half. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, that was that was probably the key. Nick Batum especially. Yeah, yeah, being you know, the, the one that trapped. Yeah, you know, as as uh, Oregon residents and by <laughs> virtue of that. Oh, don't remind me. Portland Trailblazers fans, you know, Nick Batum was a great player for us for a long time earlier, maybe 10 years ago, mm-hmm. um, and left for Charlotte for a four-year, $120 million contract and did fuck all oh for those four goodness. years How? and sat on the bench. How did he get injured. paid that? And now it's good to see. I will not lie. It's good to see, but it's a bit of a mystery to me. How he's come I, out of nowhere and is an impact player. A lot of question marks. A lot of question marks. Impact player like that, that in the playoff dude. game. His defense was insane, especially on Brandon Ingram. The way he was locking him down, forcing pickups on the ball. Trapping him against the sideline and the half court line, it was it was impressive to see, mm-hmm. um, especially for an old Frenchman like himself. Yeah. Um, other than that, though, I mean, it was gritty, right? Like super gritty. 
Um, I don't remember what the exact stat was here. I'll look it up. But Morris brother talking crazy, shot dude, making crazy. I was gonna talk about the free throws, man. It oh was disgusting wow! Wow, there. it was super bad. Yeah, dude. I got it, I, dude. The Th- Pelicans were thirteen of twenty five from the free throw oh line. Oh my god! The Clippers were twenty two of thirty four from the free throw line. Like this game would not have been exciting if not for all the missed free throws. So I guess we can thank them for that. We got some entertainment out of it, but. Practice your free throws. That was gross. Like that was it was it was a tough watching watch. CJ miss two in a row was I don't know if I've ever seen that. And Valanchunas wasn't great at the line. It was just not great overall. So if if they hope to even steal a couple games from the Suns, you know they're gonna be close and crunch time effort's gonna be important. So that's something to to hone in on maybe. Um, but let's be real. They're not going further. This this was a big victory for them to make it into the yeah. eighth seed, and just for that, they get a nice little date with the Suns. And lucky for them, it probably won't, the won't be too long of a series, out. and they'll be able to to get on vacation early. Yeah, dude, it's it's gonna be a clean sweep. But you know, yeah, okay. You know what? One thing, dude. What you said about CJ McCollum, though, like, how are you gonna have like a game of your life? And then two days later, like, look like you're borderline injured. Dude, like, there was something. I don't know what it was. And I, I didn't. Was there ever any report that came out about no, his health? No, I, I heard like that? no news about McCollum. Like, ready to go. Like, all right, playoff push. Because he just looked like he was, like, kind of lagging. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, just slow, just slightly, heavy. Like, like slight, slightly slower. Heavy-footed, kind of. Heavy-footed, for sure. And he settled a lot, a lot of shots. He settled, especially in the first half. I mean, he was yeah. hitting, he was hitting some mid rangers down the stretch. He, he was good in the fourth. Fourth, I'll give but him credit there. The beginning he ended with nineteen, I think. Right? Yeah, he, he ended points. with nineteen. And um, what was kind of crazy though was he didn't nearly play make as much as I thought he would, especially with Ingram being hot. He kind of just let, he kind of let Ingram go to work and. And just kind of stayed stand on there, just kind of James Harden, James Harden esque, was yeah. it? Was it not? Yeah, it was weird, dude. It was yeah. super, super weird. I mean, he shot thirty-seven and a half percent from the field. He attempted seven three-pointers and only made one. Yeah, I'm. I I, I want to just chalk it up to an off day, right? Everyone has you off days, so. but I yeah, I hope so. Just because I like watching CJ do well, but yeah, on the. Uh, on the downside, you know, we mentioned uh, being being Blazer fans and locals here, but oh, uh, yeah. with that with that uh, win, Pelican win, I believe that the the pick that the Blazers received in the CJ McCollum trade will not now convey, which is unfortunate. Yeah, really, really tough for yeah. an organization that has the worst front office in the league. Um, you know. I'm just gonna put that out there. Like, History. It's a new. It's a new regime in there, man. Yeah. Uh, well, let's let's hope something. Yeah. Let's just let's hope we give Dame that fat contract he has, or else you know, <laughs> we'll be the new Sacramento. <laughs> All righty. Well, let's move on to a little bit of a Saturday playoff matchup preview. Let's start looking ahead to a couple of the the series that we'll get to start enjoying tomorrow here. Oh yeah. Um, we are recording this uh, in the the evening of Friday before the weekend's games. 
Um, tomorrow on the slate, though, looks like we've got Utah Dallas in the morning first game. Let's just start with that one. A um, little bit of housekeeping. Luca will be out uh, with that strained calf for game one. Likely game two as well, they announced, but questionable. That's we'll see tough. if he ends up testing it. It sounds like they're going to be super cautious with it, especially yeah. when you look back a few years ago, KD having that strained calf and it not him playing on it and not going well and tearing that Achilles. Pretty iconic moment, too, with it popping and us all seeing that. So sad. It was... I just think that that's kind of burned into every NBA kind of associated person's memory. So we're going to see every every star player play it super safe with that injury from now on, especially in the playoffs Luke, when you're pushing And especially it like that. Luca. Yeah, he's a young guy, a lot of young guy. Big moments ahead of him as we know. So how do you think that's going to impact the series? Do you think that that fully swings it in Utah's favor? Um are there any kind of matchups or quirks with this series that, that you're looking out for? Um, yeah, for sure. Well, I think with Dallas, you know, ultimately, if Luka's on the floor, he is the best player in the series. Um, I agree. I guess with him gone, Jalen Brunson's going to have to take a bigger role in running the plays, essentially. He runs the same routes as Luka when Luka's off on the bench. So I guess in terms of... If the offense is going to be, like, super messed up or anything, no. I think they're going to run similar sets and everything like that. It's just unfortunate that you don't have Luka. Um, And then for the Jazz, I guess my biggest thing is really if D. Mitch and Gobert can kind of make it work with everyone around them. I think Dallas without Luka, if he doesn't come back by game two, it could be pretty bad. But I, I still uh I still have confidence in the Mavs, dude. I think they have a good system going. And they were hot. They were hot before the end of the season, and I'm gonna trust that over, you know, Utah. So are you are you rolling with the Mavs then yeah. in this one? Yeah, I'm definitely rolling with the Mavs. Hopefully he comes back by game two, but you know, Luca, like knock on wood, don't get injured, bro. Don't come back if you're not healthy. You know, it's it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And it's yeah. okay. You guys can you guys will make it back next year. Like, don't worry about it. Like, but um if Luca comes back for game two and things are looking okay, I ha- I have uh I have the Mavs and Mavs and six. Mavs and six, huh? Yeah. Okay. I uh, I kind of do think this this Luca injury is gonna be a bigger deal. You know, um, I don't think he's playing in games one or two. Yeah, you think he's missing right two? Now. You think he's I, just straight missing two? If they're already saying he's questionable and that they're gonna take it a day at a time, I guess it's different if they win or lose and the outcome of the game tomorrow. So. We'll we'll have to kind of keep our ears to the ground with news and and look into that um, as we're reacting to the game tomorrow, right? Um, but I just it's a huge season for Utah right now. Like they're kind of coming to a crossroads of maybe not are we gonna pick Rudy or are we gonna pick Donovan Mitchell because maybe I'm in the minority, but I think that that choice is like pretty. Simple. Obvious. You already know. You're gonna you're gonna go with your perimeter star yeah. who's more marketable and more liked. Um 
So I don't know. I, I just think if if they lose this series, especially to a short-handed Mavs team, like that could be Quinn Snyder's job. He's been there. He's been another common denominator That's for a, a long time. That is a nuke, everybody. So That's a reset. Yeah. That's a no, reset. No, that's... It usually, like we've seen it a bunch of times before. The coach is always the first to go. Yep, hundred percent. You know, if 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 you can get someone in there and a good people manager, they're gonna try it. You know, before they they've sunk a two hundred million dollar contract into Rudy Gobert already. That's not pretty tradable. Yeah, no, it's bad. So, I think I think they're feeling a bit of the pressure, and I think that. I think that they're going to come out and get at least one of those first two games. Um, take home court back Ooh. Uh, from that and and go win those first couple games in Utah where we know that there's always a raucous home crowd. Um, I think as long as they can't don't get in their own way, yeah, I, I think yeah. the Jazz will win this in six. Okay. Okay, so this is where we differ, right? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm still confident in the Mavs. I just, yeah, well, I mean, we'll really see. I think Donovan Mitchell, it's, he's just such a great player. You know, you never know. Especially, you know, not a lot of people really, like, give him credit for his shooting. Dude, they what, think we, he's what we saw last year, or yeah. so maybe that's in the bubble two years ago against the Nuggets. Bro, one of the greatest first-round so, matchups so, ever. So quickly we forget, right? Yeah. Dude, he shot lights out, dude. Like, well, they were yeah. just trading Sniper. 40 and 50-point games. Sniper. So, uh. you know, you put him in a series, he can make some shit happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, the Mavs traded away Porzingis. They've kind of gone to that small ball. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how Rudy does. You know, I think it's kind of oh. over, I, I think it's kind of overrated um, how much he can't stick on a guard. You know, mm-hmm. I I think he's he's not as bad as people make it out to be. Rudy Gobert, you know, that's no, because none of the perimeter players on Utah can fucking stay in front of. Well, him. no, that's I mean that's a different deal. But I'm but, just mean like when he gets switched out onto a Steph Curry. Oh, it's not as Dominant, bad. Like he it's doesn't not like. Like deer with headlights. Type yeah, shit. it's no, not like he's like not willing to accept the challenge and just go get two points on me. He's yeah. gonna like he's just slower, man. He's seven foot two or whatever, you know. Like it's not lack of effort, so I can't like hate him for it, you know. Right. He's and he's right. he can move his feet a little bit more these past couple of years. So I'm just I'm kind of excited to see if he learned anything from okay. last year. Yeah. I'm not like a big Rudy Gobert fan or a big Jazz fan. I just think it's I think it's kind of cool when teams kind of come to these series we're going to talk about another team in the eastern conference who's kind of at this point oh yeah um yeah and it's just it's cool when you have this moment where you're like what what will happen because of this we're at a big inflection point so you say mavs and six i say jazz and six yeah let's move to our our next series game one of the day and that is uh minnesota timberwolves going to memphis to take on the grizzlies <clears throat> I actually think uh, the Jazz Mavericks game is the first of the day. Yeah, I know. It's the next game of the day. Oh, I, th- I thought you said first. My bad, my bad. Yeah, no, it's all good. Yeah. Um, so for Timberwolves Grizzlies, I think two of the most exciting teams throughout the season. It's going to be a fun first uh, two round. Two young right there. teams. I think this is your fun series, NBA TV series, probably. We'll see. Um, 
once the week gets kicked off here. But this is going to be really, really cool. You get John Morant in the spotlight. You get Anthony Edwards, who I know you are incredibly fond of. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. We get to see if Towns can bounce back from probably one of the worst games of his career. Um, I would argue the worst. Yeah, that's fair. Don't watch enough of Minnesota basketball to know. Um, You got D'Angelo Russell coming back to the playoffs. I'm a big D'Angelo Russell fan. I think his pick-and-roll game suits the playoffs super well. Um, It's going to be good, man. You got Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson. There's just a lot of young names to watch, and if you're kind of a basketball nerd, this is your series, I think. Where do you where do you see this one going? Is there any advantages that you see? Take it away. Yeah, yeah. Um, Carl Anthony Towns. A lot of a lot of how the Grizzlies are going to play. Like, I'm just going to be honest in reference to the last game. If the Grizzlies have learned anything from watching the Timberwolves in that playing game, I would be running my shit at Carl Anthony Towns. And I'd be trying to get him fouled out. And maybe some of the calls were questionable, but Carl made some really, like, airheaded plays. And that, if you are the number one option, okay, on your team, and this is going to be your second playoff series, okay? This time you ain't got no Jimmy Buckets. This is you. This is all you. You got your two teammates that are kind of like, you know, the – both of them are kind of like the second option in a sense, depending on the plays. Like, it's really going to depend on you. And then I think the X factor of this whole series is actually going to be Desmond Bain for the Memphis Grizzlies. I think Desmond can win you a game strictly by getting hot. Yeah. And then I have a quick question. Is, is um, Dylan Brooks still out? No, he's back. He's back. Well... There you go. Now you got matchups, man. You got Patrick Beverly on one end. You got Dylan Brooks on the other. It's gonna be a spicy. <laughs> no, it's spicy. Game. It's gonna be fun, man. And just to to kind of dive into the stats a little bit more, right? I think a lot's been made about Memphis's number four ranked offense, mm-hmm. right? And how a lot of that's driven off transition offense. And if you if you take away a lot of those transition buckets, they're in the bottom third actually, in terms of offensive efficiency or offensive rating. Sorry. I think the stat was. Um, that's been, you know, made a lot about. But one other thing I, I kind of want to jump into, when I was digging into a little bit of the numbers across this whole season, uh, the Grizzlies ranked towards the bottom in terms of three-point attempts, and the Timberwolves ranked towards the top. Yeah, that's, that's a so big deal. So just obviously every team goes out and tries to shoot the three ball, but – that's going to be huge, right? They shoot the same clip. They, the Grizzlies shoot 35.3%. The Timberwolves shoot 358 The only difference is the Timberwolves shack up 10 more a game. Yeah. And when you make a third of your threes, that's a nine-point difference right there. Yeah. So I think that's something to look at, right? And that may neutralize some of the positives that Memphis is going to get from their transition offense as well. Mm-hmm. So I think the Grizzlies are going to win in seven. I think this is going to be a series that comes down to the wire. Um, if the Timberwolves are to win though, if they can stall that 
transition offense, slow them down to a not, you know, a crawl. Not like a halt or not something. Not a crawl. You know, yeah. Just yeah. get them to play their game a little bit more. They're a more methodical pick and roll team. And if they can get them down to that pace, shoot more threes, they're going to have a and neutralize them on transition offense. They do have a chance to win this series. Like they, yeah. they can, this can be a big upset that I don't think a lot of people are, I wouldn't put money on it, but they are going to win a couple games, yeah. you know? And so I, I got the Grizzlies in seven. What do you, what is your pick? I'm right there with you. I have the Grizzlies in six, six, six. But as I've said, I'll always say on every podcast I can possibly say, I love Anthony Edwards. I know you do. God, he's so good. I know you do. And, um, you know, I know it's all dependent on Cat, really. Anthony Edwards can win you a game. And Desmond Bain can win you a game. So those kind of secondary, tertiary options, those little scoring pockets where somebody gets hot is going to matter a lot here. Because, you know, just like you've said before, playoff teams, the pace slows down. And when you guys are locking each other up in half-court offense, who can get hot? You know, who's, who's going to take that shot? I believe Anthony Edwards is one of the ballsiest players in the league. He'll shoot as much as it takes. He doesn't care. He's never cared. And I like that a lot. Now, I still think Grizzlies are going to win, but I have high hopes for Anthony Edwards in this series. Mm-hmm. I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. All right, well, let's move on to... Um the only Eastern Conference series um, of tomorrow, and that'll mm-hmm. be the uh, Raptors Sixers. Probably the most depends how you, uh, depends if you're a Jazz fan, but probably the most consequential, most interesting series in terms of uh, what happens next um, for for this team in the in the Sixers regarding the outcome of this series. You have people playing for legacies. You have James Harden who is known as a career playoff choker, um, trying to prove that wrong. You have Nick Nurse and Pascal Siakam and Freddie Van Vliet and all these guys, Scotty Barnes, who's been a phenom this year, yeah. um, and trying to, to see if, if they can still make a little run here in the playoffs. You know That, that shine is wearing away from, from three years ago when they won the ship. Um, but we'll see, you know, it's, you have Joel Embiid, and I think we, we mentioned it's, he's only won a couple series. I think he's only won three or four playoff series and none against super notable opponents mm-hmm. so far in his career. So him being able to make a run along with James Harden and being able to really carry this team first over Toronto without having Matisse Thibel when they, when they go to these away games, which... You know, you can say that that's not a big deal, but that's a starter not playing for you in playoff games. Yeah. And your best defender, perimeter defender at least, not playing for you in playoff games. So that's going to matter. Toronto will take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is probably the game, just the, the game one that I'm most excited to watch tomorrow. This one? Yes. Yeah. I would say Timberwolves Grizzlies is that the most exciting series. Are mine. Yeah, most exciting, sure. no, most they're the most exciting series to watch. Uh, but the most intriguing game one 
is Raptors Sixers. Yeah. Because the Raptors could come out and spank them. And no one would really be, like, shocked. You know what I mean? Dude, I'm looking at the hype right now. Like... They can switch everything. Switching everything, dude. It's it's like it's kind of funny. Like you look at the guards, dude. Oh, you know, like they're all like kind of like, like short in a sense. I mean, dude, I can't believe it. But dude, Isaac Abanga is on the roster in Toronto, dude, and like, he's you know he's not getting minutes. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, dude, there's a there's a lot of variety. Well, dude, Fre- Fred's gonna guard Maxi. Yeah. Dude, Harden's gonna get stifled. Scotty, OG. So like. Even the, Precious, and you got you Precious or two is going to give all he can and Embiid, but Embiid's yeah. probably going to get like I think they're going to let Embiid get his points and try and stop everything James does. Yeah, that, that I mean that's that's the best because if to they do can st- if they can stifle his playmaking and get him out of a rhythm coming out of halftime yeah. and being like I need to get my I need to score and shoot them out of the game even more. One, they're going to win that mental battle for the rest of the series, and two, like. That game's already won. Like, it's just, like, I, I know it probably sounds like I'm going to pick the Raptors right now. I'm not. But this is no easy series. I think Sixers are going to win in six or seven games. I'm not going to lie. I haven't really pinned that down in my head yet. But I do think that Raptors are going to take game one. I'm not going to be surprised if they take the first two. And I would be willing to put money that this series will be tied two two after four games. Yeah, I, I I can't say about the two two, but just looking, just looking at the options that Toronto has, the versatility. Did you know that? <laughs> I know nobody's talking about it, but Gary Trent is on that team, former former Portland shooting guard and. God, he can get hot, hot, yeah, he hot. Can, dude, he could come out and shoot, hit like four or five threes in a quarter for you. And he's done that several games this season for yeah, Toronto. Exactly. And like, you know, ever since he's gone to Toronto, he's been, his role has opened up more. He gets a little bit more responsibility, a little bit more freedom, you know, to kind of be able to shoot it. This season in 2021, the, the craziest thing that he's doing is he's making three threes a game on average. 70 games played, and he's attempting almost eight a game. Like, this man will shoot it out. Just wanted to shout out Gary Trent because he's amazing. But also, you know, their best player, Toronto, really is Pascal Siakam. And so let's see what he does out there. You know, Embiid in the paint's scary. So that's that's probably, like, a really, really important Part is how how effective can Pascal Siakam be if for whatever reason his scoring is stifled, and then shout out to Scotty Barnes because he's he's a really really good rookie. Toronto did great. He's an all around everything. I don't think there's a single thing that Scotty can't do on the floor. And by the way, just to let you guys know he's six seven. Yeah, pretty he's crazy. tall. He's a tall six seven. Pretty too. crazy. But yeah, what is um what's your pick? For the series, my pick is definitely Philly. I say Philly in six. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Um, I don't think we need to spend too much time talking about this next series, but we'll close out the day watching Nuggets and Warriors. Okay. Um, Steph Curry will be playing in this game after minutes restriction. You after, said, yeah, after yeah. his foot injury, although on a minutes restriction. Don't know what that minutes number is. We'll see. 
um, before the game. And it kind of remains to be seen if that's going to continue through the, the first few games of the series or if that's just a game one deal. Um, we talked about this a little bit, but I think I think Jokic is good to get you one win against a Warriors team. You know, he's an MVP, likely two-time MVP coming out of this season. And he, that's good. He's, he's so fucking talented. He's good enough to get you at least one win against this Warriors team who's, you know, known for their chemistry. But this is going to be the first time that Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Curry all suit up for a game together. So not that they have kinks to iron out. I feel weird saying that about the Golden State Warriors. But right. they, they may have a little bit of feeling out to do, especially with Steph just getting back and Clay kind of still finding his way throughout the season. Doesn't he's really definitely fully, gotten better over the yeah, last he, few games. He definitely has. He doesn't look fully like himself yet though. No, no. He's um, driving a lot to the rim to create space for himself, which is like he's never had to really do that before. But yeah. there's something there's something where it's like, oh well, I can attack the rim now. And it's like, okay, well, things are just a little different with Clay. I don't know if it's better or worse. Sorry, mm-hmm. I just had to interject. Right no, there. for sure. And I think Jordan Poole going back to his six-man role is kind of getting overlooked. Like, he just balled out for a month. And now he's just going to get to do that against bench players. So, I mean, look out yeah. <laughs> as a stud. Yeah. So, I mean, I've got Warriors in six. And the only reason I say that, it probably should be five, is because Jokic might be good enough along with this supporting cast to maybe squeak out another win here, especially if Curry's going to be on that minutes restriction. So Absolutely. I got Warriors in six, but that could very well be five. So Yeah. Um, I'll just say my pr- prediction first. I, I do think the Warriors are going to actually end it in five games. I think Jokic wins you one. Like, but it's kind of tough. I think Jokic's supporting cast, they... They try to do their role well. I'm not going to say... We're talking about NBA players. They're trying. I just don't think... No clear second option, really, at all. It's it's almost sporadic on a night-to-night basis. Yeah. Some days it's Monty Morris or yeah, Aaron sometimes Gordon. Sometimes Aaron Gordon. Will Barton, right? Yeah. So. And it's just kind of... Like, even Jeff Green will pop off for a little bit, and you're like, wow, he's... Jamichael? <laughs> oh, Jamichael Green. Oh, yeah, sorry. No, they got both. I'm just fucking with you. Yeah, okay. Wait, wait, wait. No, that it is Jeff Green. Jeff Green will pop off. To Michael Green, he'll shoot from three. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just like what I'm really kind of curious about, and we'll see it in the first series, maybe second will come out, and we'll see with the Warriors, because they will win they will win over the Nuggets. Is how will the Jordan Poole minutes be utilized? if Steph is coming back from injury? And what are those minute restrictions? Because, you know, if the Warriors can come and just stomp, just stomp, like... Pick right back up where they left off type shit. Good luck, NBA playoffs, because, wow, it is a a slugfest. Hey, no, honestly, I, I hope for that simply because at the beginning of this season and we watched the Suns and Warriors play... 
It felt like we were going to get an absolute treat in the Western Conference oh Finals. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about the first two yeah. matchups. They were back-to-back, to back too. Yeah, it was oh, like in a, in a week's crazy. time. So, that was crazy. I mean, we all got hyped on the Grizzlies in the meantime and mm-hmm. have these up-and-coming teams. But, I mean, that's – let's be real. That's probably the most likely scenario here. The one, as a just a basketball fan, I think I'm going to be rooting for mm-hmm. just to see some fun basketball. Mm-hmm. The Lakers aren't in it, so. Yeah. What am I gonna do? Um, that's gonna wrap up our our uh, preview for tomorrow's games. Though we'll be back to to recap them tomorrow evening after the games are over. Enjoy a good weekend of basketball here, though. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, get to chill and we'll get four games each day of the weekend. So I can't <laughs> think of much that's uh, better. Anything you want to say before we sign off here, Andy? Nah, you know, just stay hydrated, have a good time. Let's enjoy the NBA playoffs and, you know, knock on wood, no injuries. Yes, definitely, yeah. definitely. All right. Have a good evening, folks. Yes, sir.